0: Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message.
1: But we do want to celebrate moms. There's something about motherhood that's absolutely beautiful. I'm glad that, that I have a mom for my children. Because I handle things completely different many times and not always the best way you're, you're always a good guard for me there to go honey are you beating a dead horse honey Do you need to you know those kind of things and it's good and so we just want to celebrate moms today it's just a beautiful thing and uh, so can we pray for you even those online who are watching we're going to pray for you this morning you can say anything you want it's Mother's Day other than that no. I just want
0: to tell you moms that you're doing a great job you're stronger than you think, and you're smarter than you think that you are. And as moms, we don't, we don't always handle it the best, right? We're, we, sometimes we walk away from a situation kicking ourselves, like, why did I have to say it that way, or why did I do that, or, you know, um, is my child, did I lose my child's heart? I know that's the one thing that I, I don't want to do. I have four children from the ages of 32, I know, believe it or not, because I'm only 20, right? From 32 down to 10, and I am not done. I've been raising kids for a long, long time. I mean, yeah, I'm getting a little tired, but I would never give up on my children. But and each one of them are a blessing, but I have learned... And have grown through each child because each child is different and each child has a different personality. You can't raise them the same, you can't rear them the same, you can't discipline them the same. You have got to find out their personalities so that they can grow and who God created them to be, right? Because we're all uniquely and wonderfully and fearfully made, right? Amen. We're all unique. But I want to let the moms know that you're doing an amazing job and you might be tired and you might be a single mom or you might have an estranged child or you might be dealing with children who are ill. Whatever the case may be, mom, you're doing a good job. God is so proud of you. And he knows that and he gives you the strength that you can get through whatever situation that you are in. Sometimes we feel like we don't get a a good pat on the back, or I, I don't need a pat on the back, but you do. We juggle a lot. Without moms, the world would not be the same. Without dads, I mean, we need both. The world would not be the same. So I just want to tell you that I'm proud of each one of you. And just to have empathy for each other I mean we don't know what it's like to walk in somebody else's shoes but we know what it's like to be uh, a woman we know what it's like to be female we know what it's like to hold jobs we know what it's like to have children and we know what it's like we know what trials and tribulations are like so just to even to lend a listening ear and to give a hug and just tell that person it's gonna be okay you're doing a good job can do all the wonders in the world for somebody amen
1: yeah that's good I'm glad you said that because I don't get all, you know, you said, you know, we understand, right? I don't, I don't understand all that, but it's great that you, from that point of view, can say that because I think as a, as a body, we need to be open to hearing the other side. It's not just political sides or theological sides, but sometimes it's that man versus woman thing, right? I'm going to talk about that today. It's going to be, it's going to be fun for me, but. But no, it's, it's a good thing, because the church, the kingdom, should exude this image of God, which includes male and female. He created them, and it was very good. And so that's awesome. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning just for these beautiful moms. Whether they're here physically, or they're watching, or they watch later, I just pray that they would experience your peace, your joy, your grace right now in Jesus' name. If they're struggling in areas of their life, trying to feel like, I just want to measure up, I want to be a better mom, I pray they would just set that aside and say, I'm just going to bask in your grace and your love for me. That's where change happens in our heart. And whatever our heart holds is what comes out our mouth, it comes through our hands. So we pray that we would just, in some cases, just say, I submit to you, I surrender all. I'll stop trying to be a better mom and I'll be who you call called me to be. And it's through those moments. Bless these moms today. In Jesus' name,
0: amen. And we thank you, Lord. If they're feeling weak, we pray strength over them. If they're feeling depressed, we pray the joy of the Lord over them. If they're feeling lost and insecure, And they've entered a new phase of life. We pray, Lord God, Holy Spirit, that you would remind them gently of who God has created them to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your tender love and your grace and your mercies that are new every morning because I know I need them every morning. Thank you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness toward us, Lord. I just pray pieces of, and bits and glimmers of joy and hope and love surround each mom today. If they're feeling tired, we pray um, energy. Thank you, Father. And love and joy. Love and joy. I speak that over all the moms today. Love and joy. In Jesus' name. Yes. Amen.
1: Amen. Say, I receive it. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Come on, one more time. Deep breath. In through the nose. Out through the mouth. Isn't that beautiful? God is so good. He loves you so much. Awesome. Say happy Mother's Day to the mom next to you before you're seated this morning. Welcome to Face City.
2: Good morning. All right. Look at all those virtuous and capable women out there. That goes for those that are here and those that are online. I want to welcome everyone to Faith City. Uh, I want to welcome everyone that's online on YouTube and um, uh, Facebook. We are so happy to have you, whether you're just here stopping by or whether you are looking for a place to worship. Uh, We believe that uh, God has a word for you today and that you're not here by chance. So we're blessed to have you. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to use this time to uh, take our tithes and offerings time uh, and continue our praise and worship in a different way. Just wanted to thank everyone for being uh, givers uh, to the ministry and to God's kingdom. Uh, we could not do what we do in the community and what we do here uh, without all of you. So, thank you so much. Uh, there are a few different ways that you can give uh, online. You can give at FaithCityTV/Michigan/Give. Uh, you can give on the Uversion app at the bottom there. There's an area uh, and a link that you can give at the bottom of today's message. Uh, and then for those that choose to give today physically in the, in the, in the service, uh, there is an offering bucket uh, in the back by one of the ushers, and you can make checks out payable to Faith City Church. Um, both pastors already said it, Happy Mother's Day. But again, you should be honored and cherished every day, but today is special. We are celebrating all of you, all of you, you should be. There is no more significant role, I believe, uh, in the world than this. Think about it, you know, God became human through a woman. You give life, and it's not always sunshine and laughter and joys every single day. We understand that, and you still do it day in and day out, uh, and you should be cherished and honored for that. Amen? We love you so much, and it does not matter whether you are someone that has physically given birth or if it's just you're nurturing and loving those in the community and other family members. You are all mothers of spirit, and, and you're given, given that anointing by God. Amen? All right, well, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this special day. We thank you for the blessings that you give us daily. We just pray over all of our moms, those that are watching, those that are here today, and those that are not here. But we, we pray over them and know that you will continue to bless them. We know that through them, children are blessed. We know, God, that your grace that you extended through your son And our son to us, through salvation, will be passed from mother to child, that same grace. We know that the love and joy that you show us daily will continue to reach through the mothers, through those around them. They will come out today after this service shining brighter than they did when they walked in. Whether it's one of those mornings of tears of joy or whether it's one of those mornings of tears of laughter. They are still blessing, and they will be a blessing around them. And we pray for continued strength. May they continue to, to guide those around them in, in this world that we're in today. And Heavenly Father, may you accept the tithes and offerings that we give you today and know that we are giving them to you as we honor you and we know that you will do your will with them as they meet all needs of those that are giving and all the needs of the your kingdom. We give you all the honor and glory, and thank you, Lord, again, for your daily blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.
3: I'm so bored. I wish I had something to do. Thanks for letting me sleep in, kids. If you make a mess in the kitchen, please let me know so I can clean it up. Raising kids is so easy. I just love driving around all day. Oh, I never have to repeat myself. They always listen so carefully. Oh, look. An empty box of cereal. Love it. Just wipe it on your sleeve. It's pretty cold, but you don't need a coat. Oh, you don't have to push in your chair. Don't make your bed. You're just gonna sleep in it again later. I think I'll skip the coffee today. You know, these throw pillows look way better on the floor. I'm really not that busy. Well, you haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. We do have food at home, but let's just go out to eat. Just brush your teeth whenever you feel like it. Here, take my phone charger and go put it in your room. Oh, just leave your dirty dishes on the counter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's all pull on our phones. Youth sports are so cheap. Braces are so cheap. School fees are so cheap. Hey, can you come crawl in bed with me around 2 AM? Thanks. Okay, I just spent two hours making dinner, but if you don't like it, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll make you something else. Don't even bother looking for that. I'm sure it's lost and gone forever. Can somebody please throw something at my head? I mean, I can keep track of every single one of your things. I get a ton of sleep. I get a ton of gratitude from my children. I get a ton of unsolicited help with the housework. Oh, you don't have to hurry up. We're going to be right on time. Can someone please throw something at the TV? Thanks for doing the laundry, everyone. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you use your outside voice? Ah, Fight, fight, Ah! fight. The floor of this vehicle is so clean, I can't believe it. Oh, good. Another trip to the grocery store today. Let's go. Hey, I'm going to hop in the shower. Does somebody want to come use the bathroom while I'm in here?
1: So those are the things moms don't say, right? (laughs) Well, again, happy Mother's Day. We're so glad that you guys are here with us this morning. Sorry, let me adjust my mic there, Pete. Sorry about that. You know, we got to have microphones and stuff so you can hear me because I'm so quiet. Awesome. It's so reserved. Just ask my wife. Hallelujah. Well, happy Mother's Day to all you out there. I'll tell you, it's just a, it's a wonderful time to celebrate. It's a wonderful time to, to just, I guess, honor those who have put the time in, the blood, the sweat, the tears. And uh, it's just awesome. Um, if, if my mom's watching in Florida, happy Mother's Day, mom. I love you very, very much and uh it's glad glad to have you she watches sometimes she's making sure that i'm keeping up on this and preaching the good news hallelujah but that's always good to have a mom in your corner amen so today's mother's day and i want to talk about some awesome stuff i think and really the title of today's message and i know we got things to do in that so i'm not going to keep you real long but i want to talk about embracing your uniqueness say that with me embracing your uniqueness Uh, I was talking to Pastor Chris. Uh, Sometimes we run some different ideas by each other. And he says, actually, let's, let's preach a message entitled, so this could be the subtitle, Word to Your Mother. That didn't go over well. That was Chris's idea. So but he's like, man, remember word to your mother. It's in other words, word to your mother was like back in the nineties, I think. And it was like this shout out to moms to say, moms, we honor you. You're awesome. You know, those types of things. But really, I want to talk today about embracing your uniqueness. Today, we celebrate mother's day. It was a day that was set aside really by Congress here in the United States. They declared the second Sunday in May as mother's day. And it was back in 1914. In fact, President Woodrow Wilson was in office, and he said that this has been a day that's set aside for public expression of our love and reverence for the mothers of our country. Isn't that beautiful? I do think this, though, that we need to not just celebrate within these borders. We can celebrate worldwide. Come on. Can I get an amen? Because moms worldwide, you guys do your part. Uh, Another president, President Abraham Lincoln, how many have heard of him? He said this. He says, no one is poor. Listen to this, no one is poor who had a godly mother. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have followed me. They have clung to me all my life. All that I am and hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. Isn't that beautiful? You know, I know that not every single person here can, can celebrate in that same way. And, and maybe we struggle in this idea. And a lot of times, you know, things that, that, that I say on Sunday morning, we allude to even the Father God. But this is Mother's Day. But I want to show us some ways today um, of seeing God in a different way. Because it's important to understand that moms are really the nurturers in life, aren't they? They're the ones who help us grow, who help us become the better version of ourselves. Here's the cool thing about moms. They usually have this, this, this keen ability to see the potential within us past the mistakes and the missteps. Right? They're the ones who you know kiss our boo-boos. They tend to and bring healing to our scraped elbows and our scraped knees. And they, they really have this heart to minister healing to not just our physical body, but to our broken souls. That, that's usually the role of a mother. Now, how many know dads handle things quite differently? Right? I mean, usually when, when you get hurt, a dad is like, just walk it off, right? What are you, a girl? And your daughter's like, Yes. You know. But The point is, moms have this, these different abilities, this different uniqueness. And I do believe we need to celebrate this. And it's, I'm not saying this because I want to get on your good side. I'm saying this because I believe that this is completely and totally kingdom. You know, before I, um, you know, get going here a little bit, I just, I just want to say this, that I think sometimes in the church, we don't celebrate moms or even the female gender as much as we should and and i think there's some reasons for that and we're going to even look into some of that that history a little bit but more than anything at least to me mother's day makes me think about listen to me i want you to hear this clearly it makes me think about god's maternal side it it makes me think about his feminine side now, now, listen to me, when, when you first hear this, many of us, if we grew up in a conservative Christian household background or church, we may squirm a little bit when I say something like this, or even make the suggestion that God has a maternal side, but should we? Should we squirm? Should we, you know, act like, I don't know. Now, I get it a lot of times, especially on Father's Day, you know, I can say something like, if you didn't have a good father, you didn't have a father in your home, you have a heavenly father who loves you. But I don't know if I've ever in all my years heard a pastor say, you know what, I, today's Mother's Day and I don't know if you had a good mother or not, but if not, you have a heavenly mother. And people go, whoa, whoa, because they just think that's odd and that's weird. Well, there's a reason because we've heard for so long these terms and they're great terms, they're scriptural terms, but there's so much more. Now, now, to, to be sure, Jesus as human was male, Can I get an amen? I mean, from what we see in the scripture, he was male. And it's true that the Father and the Son, you know, and the Holy Spirit, they're each consistently referred to in the Bible as the male personal pronoun he, right? And so I do think that it's biblically accurate, it's completely scriptural to refer to God as he. And he delights in revealing himself by way of a number of male metaphors in the scripture, including father, including husband, Right? And so I think that's important to see. However, I do think that we must not never, not never, we must never make the mistake of claiming that God in his divinity is essentially male. Have you turned off yet? I hope not. Listen to this. This is going to be really good today. Because the Bible is clear that God is spirit. The Apostle John tells us in the Gospel of John chapter 4 that God is spirit. So it means this. He's not gendered. But there's something about us. If we reflect his image, if we reflect his likeness, both male and female, there has to be more than one side. And there's a reason for this. But here's the thing. Christianity has often been guilty of a patriarchal history that has been oppressive of women. And a lot of times what we do is we, we, we cherry-pick Scripture verses. You heard this before? And so we'll take, we'll take a letter from, say, the Apostle Paul, and we'll grab a couple verses where he tells women to be silent. Come on. I might be messing with you, but just listen to me. Tune in a little bit, okay? We'll take a couple Scriptures. We're like, wow, Paul told these Women in this specific letter to this specific, specific place in this specific time to be silent. So that means all women for all time have to be silent in church. Where do we come up with that? But see, if you dig and you do some history, we're not gonna get into that today, but the reason Paul was saying that to a particular group of people is because they were having some issues with the women in that particular or those particular churches because in this Greek you know, town and mythology and, and, and the gods they served, they served the goddess Diana. And so there was, it'd be in the middle of service and someone would just jump up and start arguing and carrying on. And he's like, just just tell the women to be silent in this congregation, not every congregation for all time. And this is one thing that I, I really respect about my parents when they started this ministry. Um, years ago, I had gone to a school, I'm not gonna name the particular um, uh, denomination it was, but this denomination didn't believe that women should have any authority. They could they could, they could watch the kids, basically, but no pulpit time, nothing like that. Obviously, the men were honored by God to have the message. But in our church, it wasn't that way. Well, I went to this particular school, a particular denomination, and I just was talking to some friends. I was like, oh, I'm excited this weekend. Uh, we have a guest speaker coming in, and I, and I named her name, and they went, wait, wait, a woman is going to speak at your church? I'm like, yeah. They're like, you can't do that? I'm like, what, what, I can't do that? What are you talking about? They're like, a woman can't preach? She can't preach the word over the men in the congregation? I'm like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. What, where do you get that? And they would take me to this one particular letter to one particular people in one particular time. And so as a church, we have had this tendency to put the women underneath the men, and I don't believe that's Biblical. I got three amens from the ladies. That's awesome. See, our our conception of God has always been in the masculine, right? God as father or king. And I believe this certainly contributes to our slide into patriarchy. And although written in patriarchal context, I believe that the Bible itself does not refer to God to be exclusively masculine. And so we want to look at that today. It's not so we can just say stuff and be different. It's because I believe there has been an issue for many, many years in the church. But I also want to empower and encourage women to pick up the gift and the calling that God has given you because it's not less than any man. You with me? I know you're listening, you're chewing, right? It's what did my dad always say? He goes, I know it's rude to, to talk while you're, while you're eating. So I know you're chewing on this, and that's okay. And I don't need kudos or anything like that. I'm going to go with the scripture. I'm going to go with what, what God says. I'm going to go with what Jesus said. Or at least according to me, I was watching this. Not a debate, but I was watching something the other day. And you, know, you had the conservative Christian talking with the progressive Christian. And I really enjoyed it because what I loved is that both of them, they accepted each other, even though they didn't agree on everything. I'm like, come on, this is so cool. This is the way it should be. I don't agree with that particular theology, but they found points where they did, and that was awesome. But I think a lot of times what happens is we just turn off to anything if it's opposite of what we heard. I think we need to be open to these things and these different concepts. And so today I really want to highlight the maternal or motherly metaphors that are used about God the ones that are used to describe God in scripture. So number one, say number one, God as a mother bird. Say that with me. God as a mother bird. Now, one of the most common images is God as a mother bird sheltering her children under her wings. I love this in Ruth 2, verse 12. It says, May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Now, how many know that it's the let's see that if it's the chicken family it's the hen who holds or hides the chicks under her wings. So literally in Ruth we're comparing God to this hen or this female bird this motherly bird. The Psalms use all type of imagery Psalm 17:8 says keep me as the apple of your eye hide me in the shadow of your what? wings. Psalm fifty-seven, one, it says, "I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until disaster has passed." I love this in Psalm ninety-one, four. It says, "He will cover you with his feathers, and under his what wings you will find refuge." And then we just spoke a few weeks ago, I believe, on. Uh, not not um, Easter Sunday, but on Palm Sunday, we talked about this idea. And Jesus actually picks these images up when he laments over Jerusalem. Remember when he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who were sent to you. How often I have longed to what? Gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And so even Jesus doesn't have an issue with this analogy, this allegory, this idea. And so I want you to pick this up today because again, I believe that the church, the kingdom of God needs to get to a place where we're not pushing someone down because of their gender, but we're allowing them to be that everything, to be everything that God has called them to be. Can you agree with me on that at least? That that we should allow people to be everything that God has called them to be. And so we have to see this, and sometimes it's going to take that paradigm shift. Romans 12.2 says that we are transformed by what? The renewing of our mind. It's this renovation. And so what I found in my life, you know, this has been several years in the making for me. I've, again, I, was, I had the luxury and the honor and the privilege to grow up in a church that didn't have an issue with women having gifts and preaching and teaching and words from the Lord, and that's awesome. But there still was this kind of overlying idea That women are less than men. Now I know that there's some things in scripture that say, you know, men aren't as strong. And I mean, unless it's a female bodybuilder, some of those women, I'm like, whoa, I'm not going to arm wrestle you, right? But for the most part, I know physically we all have our part, but that doesn't make one less than the other. You follow me this morning. And so what we see is that there's these different images that are painted of God as a protector, as a shelterer, just as a mother would be of his people. But there's also a variation of this image that paints God in, in this way who is like a mom who pushes her children to be independent and to grow stronger. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with, with eagles. Uh, we actually, there's a, there's a nest over off, what road is that, that we usually look for? Grand Blanc Road. There's this huge nest, and um, you know we often we know there, there's a, a bald eagle that that lives there, and we haven't really got to see it hardly ever. But then the other day, you actually saw it in the nest, and my wife's fascinated with the bald eagle. I mean, they're just they're majestic creatures. They're beautiful, but if you're not familiar with eagles, they're actually known the females, the the, the mothers, to teach their young ones to fly by deliberately pushing them out of the nest. They're like, oh, time to fly, you know. It's like, you know, remember when it's usually the dad, you're out in the boat, he's like, oh, time to learn to swim. You're like, what? But she deliberately pushes them out of the nest, but she won't let them hit the ground. She will swoop down and catch them before they plunge to their doom. But it, it reminds me a lot of, you know, even in moms today. I mean, you nurture, you know, you you give us value and and you, you know, minister to our needs, whether it's bodily or, or in the soul. But then there's some times where you just go... Hey, son, hey, daughter, we need to talk. It's, it's time to push you out of the nest. Even our homes are referred to as a nest sometimes, right? We need to push you out of the nest, not because we don't love you and we don't want you to come back. It's just, it's time to spread those wings. It's time to do something with, for your, through your life and, and in your life. Uh, you're 32. <laughs> and my 32-year-old kids are welcome back. I hope not, but they're welcome back anytime if they need help. Of course, I'm their parent. But moms have this ability to say it's time to push you out of the nest, but we're not going to let you fall flat on your face. But even God's the same way in Deuteronomy 32. It says, God guarded Jacob as the apple of his eye. Look at this, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. Even God operates in this fashion. You ever been going through life and you feel like, God's always gentle and he's easy, but that, that gentle unction, unction of the spirit to push you forward. Take that step of faith. It's time to go the next step. It's time to learn to fly in this area of life. And so it's not just under his wings, protection and care. Sometimes it's, I care for you, but listen, it's time to mature. It's time to grow up. I want you to learn more about what I've called you to do in this life. And so we see these comparisons here. I mean, clearly that God is motherly in that he, or let's just say it, that she protects and shelters, but also pushes us to mature and to grow. I'll be honest with you. When I first started kind of studying this stuff, I kind of did this thing psychologically for myself every time. Because it's easy to just go, you know, he, father, God, his will, those types of things. But I on purpose would say things like she or her. And man, it just felt like, what is going on? Like something was pushing against that, but it's just because I'm not used to it. Let me me tell you something else, just a side note. Did you know that we have the Father introduced to us by Jesus, right? Before this, it was Yahweh, it was God. Jesus came, revealed the heart of the Father, which is beautiful. How many would agree that when you had awakened to this idea that God was a Father, it was like, whoa, he's not a judge? He's a Father? This is beautiful. He loves me. And, and I do believe that a lot of that is, be, I mean, the language at the time was very patriarchal. And so we have the father, and then we have the son, who is male. But you know that Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit. You know Holy Spirit, both in the Hebrew and the Greek renderings, is feminine? So there's something about this. The writers are trying to tell us something, but sometimes we don't want to dig deep enough. And if we have an agenda, especially if we have an agenda, it's great. We can cherry pick and we can use any scripture we want to hold women down. You know, something that you see on social media, I, I hear often and I see is there's this pushback against feminism. And I know now we're like in the fifth wave, right? And it's to the point where we hate men. We don't need men. And when I hear that, it just it, it disrupts me, it, it rubs me the wrong way, not because I'm like, shut your mouth and sit down, it's because what has happened to cause women to get to this point? But sometimes what we forget is when we, we see a reaction, and we forget to look at what started that reaction in the first place. I mean, for thousands and thousands of years, women have been made lower, oppressed. Let's even go to as far as to say, you know, the boot of male on the female neck. I mean, this is just what it's been. Let's be honest. Very patriarchal. And then what happens is sooner or later, any people group gets sick and tired of all the oppression and they say, that's it. We're standing up and we're going to, we're going to just do what we're going to do. But then it comes out of anger and retribution. And let me say something this morning that it may offend you, it may rub you the wrong way, but feminism is a direct result of the church dropping the ball. If you look at the apostles, you look at Jesus, how they treated women, how they accepted women, did you realize that the ministry of Jesus while here on this earth was supported and financed by women? The food, the hotels, the travel. I got this, Jesus. That, okay, that's, that's pretty amazing. We don't hear these things usually, though, because we don't hear these things. <laughs> but think about this. If we would have actually said, okay, let's agree with Jesus that we're all equals, and that we all have gifts and we all have callings and let everyone spread their wings, so to speak, and do what they're called to do, I dare say that this crazy fifth wave of feminism wouldn't exist. And this is what happens, whether it's been racism or patriarchy or hatred of gender, whatever it is, when the church doesn't flow in the kingdom of God way of grace, truth, acceptance, and love, this is what happens. I do think that we need to be responsible for these areas and say, hey, we need to do our part because all we've done is taken on the world system and their ideas that women are lower than men. And again, I'm not saying this to placate to women. I'm not saying this. So, well, I'll get a pat on the back and a couple extra hugs today. Who cares? I'm saying this because I truly believe this is a kingdom way. And again, I had the honor to be raised in a church that was okay with women having gifts, displaying the gifts, you know, honoring them for their gifts. And I think that's awesome. But the church as a whole needs to get some stuff together. We really do. So again, we see that God is motherly in that he, we could say she protects and shelters, but also pushes us to mature and to grow. Number two, say number two. We see God as a human mother as a human mother. Now, of all the prophets, Isaiah had this little sweet spot in his heart, it seems to me, of really describing God most as an actual human mother. In Isaiah forty two fourteen, he says, for a long time, I, we could say God, have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry out, I gasp and pant. Isaiah sixty six thirteen, as a mother comforts her child, so will I, God, comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Look at this in Isaiah forty nine fifteen. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion in the child she has born? Though she may forget, I, God, will never forget you. This is this is beautiful to me. That God is actually metaphorically now. Remember, is God a human being? Is he gender? Is she gender? See, it just goes right back to the he. Spirit, right? So I'm not trying to say that God's a woman or a man. I'm trying to say that there's these qualities that are described of God to get us to try to wrap our head around who and what God is. Does that make sense? But but I love this idea of, of a nursing child. This is beautiful. I mean, uh, you know, my wife had had the privilege of being able to nurse all four of our children. And there was just this bond. There was this thing. I mean, it was beautiful to me. And I know you're like, of course it was. No, I'm being honest. Like, it was beautiful to see this child and just, I mean, it, I can't describe it. And even you were like, oh, like, as much pain as you would go through at times and things, there was something about that bond. And God is describing himself as a nursing mother. Do you know one of the names of God is Al Shaddai? Which means all sufficient one. But the word in Hebrew, Shad, actually could be interpreted breast. It's that idea of nourishment, supplying, satisfying. This isn't weird. I know it sounds kind of weird maybe because we're not used to it. But it's not according to scripture. Are you going with me on this journey? I know this is a little different. But I really want us to get this because... If we begin to see that God is not gender, but he displays qualities and uniqueness and attributes of both male and female, because after all, if we are the image and the reflection of him, male and female, he created them, then obviously there's two sides. But what this will do is it will empower women to say, okay. Not not in an ungracious way, like I got gifts, and I'm just come up to the pulpit and start. There, there's 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 a way to do things, right? But to say, okay, so maybe this feeling I have to minister is really from God. I've been told for years it hasn't, but maybe this is. And then for those of us who have been, those of us who are male who have been in this this mode of thinking that we're higher than without really saying it, or maybe you know it's a subconscious thing, we can go, okay, wait, we have to leave room and space for every gender to minister and be who God has called them to be. I know the women are loving this. But, but I like this idea of El Shaddai, this all-sufficient one, this nourishment, this satisfying, this supplying. I like it for its compassionate and faithful portrayal of God. That he wants to minister to your needs. That he wants to protect, that he wants to nourish. That he wants to hold, that he wants to be close. It reminds us that God is beyond gender right the gender pronouns i believe are simply metaphors to help us understand god right who is always beyond our full understanding i said it earlier that we're trying to describe something that's indescribable right i mean we are i mean it's think about this one person says god doesn't exist another person says he does neither of them can prove it now, an atheist would say, yeah, I can because of blah, blah, blah. You know? and, and a worshiper of God or a believer in God would say, well, I can because of blah, blah, blah. But let's be honest, it takes faith. I mean, we wake up every morning, we come to this building on Sunday mornings and we worship a God who's completely invisible. <laughs> I, let's, right? You ever thought about it? like, okay, wait a minute. But, <laughs> but, I'll just share my experience. For me, I can say, I know he's real. I know she's real. I know spirit's real because of what I feel. And again, you can say, well, that's how you feel. Exactly, that's how I feel. That's why when someone says, I don't, I don't believe in God, I'm not going to argue with them. I'll befriend them. We'll talk. We'll see what happens. I've had friends who went from atheism to saying, I guess there is a God. But it's not because I said, let's debate. I've got some scripture verses to prove it. Yeah. Atheists don't care about scripture verses. They don't believe in God. Did we miss the point? I mean, not, you can't use the Bible with an atheist. But there's such beauty in this idea that God is faithful and that he cares and loves. But again, he's, not, he's beyond gender. And so here we are. We're trying to describe this being, this person, this... See, I don't even know what the right words are. This spirit. Hey, that's what John says. We're trying to describe spirit in a human way where we can wrap our head around it. But sometimes I think we lean way too far to one side and we miss this whole other beautiful side of who God, the spirit is. Does that make sense? I love this quote by Lynn Jopinga. She's a pastor and theologian. Actually, she's right from the Holland Missionary. She wrote this over two decades ago. But she said that language about God should help us to understand and encounter God. But we should not confuse the reality of God with the limits of our language. So language is here for a reason. And I would, I would dare say that English many times falls really short of describing God, and that's why I love the ancient Hebrew and Greek languages because there's so much depth and so much meaning. Uh, when you begin to study those things, just explode like that. El Shaddai, you go, wow! This is this is in the feminine, like the Holy Spirit, both in the Greek and the Hebrew, is feminine. You start to see these things, and you're like, so I don't, I don't have to feel threatened by this. This, this isn't weird. This isn't odd. It's just something I'm not used to and I've heard before. Now, this isn't. The women are taking over now. Have you heard me several times say we 're equal, we work together? that's the key is that we're working together, and one gender isn't pushing another aside. And I really think that Mother's Day is as appropriate as any occasion to really what 's a good word recapture. I like that word recapture because it 's already been there. it's just recapturing it's a way to recapture the biblical maternal images for God. To help us see further truths about God. You think about it, the the scriptures describe God, God in feminine terms. Not because God is an actual woman, but because these feminine or we could say maternal traits say something true about God and about our experience with him. But the same thing can be said of the masculine, the paternal images for God. We must not confuse these metaphors with God's reality. God is spirit. And to worship him, you must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, again, I want you to understand I'm not trying to placate to women here. I'm not trying to say, we're just going to say she all the time. If you you do, I won't be offended. I'll probably say he a lot because I'm so used to that. It just rolls off my tongue, right? And for me, a father really works, Like, for me, just seeing God as Father works, but maybe for you, seeing God as Mother works. I love the book and the movie, The Shack. Has anyone seen this movie? So beautiful, and I know it gets some flack and things, and it's mainly because God is a woman. Oh, a black woman. Ooh! I I think it's great that Paul Young said, here's how we're gonna do it, but if you notice in there, you've got, This maternal side of God, and then you have the son. And I love how, because he really, if you listen to his teachings, the dude's awesome. He's got some great teachings. He really digs into the original language, but he has Holy Spirit as a female because Holy Spirit is feminine. And I just think it's beautiful how he paints all these pictures and stuff. But in the book, do you remember? I think it was Mac. Mac didn't have a great relationship with his father. That was the biggest issue. And so throughout the movie, I don't want to give it away, spoiler alert, but he ends up you know rectifying things and forgiveness and things with his dad, but he couldn't see God as a father. And so that's why God in the movie first appears as a a woman who actually resembles a woman as Mac was growing up who would give him pie and You know, share tender, just care and grace and love to him. And that's beautiful because that's what Mac needed to have at that point to connect with God. God will be all things to all people, He will be whatever you need Him to be or her to be. Does this make sense? But then at one particular point in the movie, God walks in and it's a male. He says, You're going to need a male right now for this situation. And I know, I know a lot of people are like, you know, you can't follow the guy, he's a heretic. It's, it's funny how quickly we call people heretics these days. If that's the case, then a lot of the early church fathers were heretics as well, because these beliefs aren't new. And we just say that. Sometimes we get our teaching from St. Augustine on, and it's this whole westernized idea of, you know, empire co-opting with religion and all these things, and patriarchy, we just don't understand it. When you dig deep, you start to go, whoa. There's a whole world, the first two, three hundred years of Christianity, wow. I mean, they were, there was no male, female, Greek, Jew. It was just this beautiful group of people who accepted each other, their gifts, pressed each other on, loved each other, had grace toward each other. Of course they had their issues and their problems. And they were wrestling with these ideas of God and what it meant. And what that's done for me is it's just opened my mind to go, wow, there's there's no bad questions. This is cool. I can actually question God in some things and say, why God? And then he opens my eyes and reveals and gives me a different lens to see things through. And I'm like, oh, now this makes more sense. And you know what? I've experienced more freedom, love, and joy than I've ever experienced in my Christian walk. It's because I'm open to say, okay, maybe there's a different way to look at things. Now, Jesus is the center of it all, as far as I'm concerned, right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's things that, that are tenets of faith, I believe wholeheartedly, but sometimes we make the secondary theology things the main thing, and we need to stop doing that. We need to let people explore those ideas. But I just think it's beautiful to see that God is both ex- exhibits both these qualities of male and female, and I think it's because we need it. We need. And it also is showing us this beautiful picture that, that we're all in this together, and we all have gifts, and we all have callings. Amen? So what does this imply for God's attributes? If we're seeing today and discussing this idea that it's not just the male or patriarchal, it's also the female, you know, the matriarchal, the, the um, motherly. Why is this important? Well, I think... The reason is is that God has feminine attributes as well as masculine. And we have to see that. It opens us up. Or perhaps a better way to really say this is God has attributes which both men and women image uniquely. Because again, if we're the reflection of God, I I just love that idea when God says, let's make him in our image and likeness. I just, I always picture this mirror like we're just this reflection of God, but it takes both male and female to Fully See the full reflection If that makes sense There are things about God that Men more directly put on display And there are things about God that Women more directly display Amen So pastor what are you driving at You've gone for like you know 30 minutes On this thing trying to convince me That we should call God Her or she I'm not trying to tell you you have to do that But I'm saying it's not wrong if you do Make sense So, maybe you're asking that question this morning. And I'm going to tell you this my main goal today is for women to embrace their uniqueness, especially as mothers, but also in the feminine qualities that you possess. These are God given qualities, they're not less than a man's unique qualities. You hear me? Listen, it takes all of us in the kingdom doing our part to express the kingdom of God in this world. It can't be one side, it can't be the other. That's why patriarchy shouldn't rule and feminism shouldn't rule. It's gotta be both sides saying, wow, I see your potential, I see your gifts, I see your calling. Well, you know what? I see your calling and your potential and your gifts. And so I will, I will leave space for you to follow God to what he's called you to do on both sides. And think about just how beautiful that is that we're getting along, we're working together. What what could the world learn from this if the church would stand up and say, no, no, no more patriarchy. No, we don't need the feminism. What we need is people working together and celebrating and valuing one another. If the church were to do this, we we could change the entire earth, change the entire world. And the way we see things and do things. Just a couple quick examples. The Apostle Paul was writing his protege Timothy in Second Timothy 1.5. Look at this. He says, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. Now think about this. This was a pupil, a student, a son in the faith to the Apostle Paul. And uh, Timothy, historically, they say that he had the first megachurch. I mean, this guy uh, in the Asia Minor area, he had this, this huge coliseum people would come to. He would speak to them. He had a lot of weight on his shoulders. But even though he had all these accolades and these things going for him, look what he says to him. He says, I am mindful of the sincere faith, the real faith. You're genuine. You're the genuine article. You're the real deal. Look at this. Which first, say first. Dwelled in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm sure that is in you as well. The Apostle Paul is giving props. Word to your grandmother. Word to your mother. That's what he's doing. He's saying, this faith, did you notice he didn't credit the grandfather or the father? This. How do we read over this stuff? It's like, no, no, no. You are where you are in your faith, Timothy. You are a rock-solid follower of Jesus in your faith, knowing the scriptures, which to them was the old covenant, and learning how to bring that into this new covenant. He says, you've got that sure rock foundation from your grandmother and your mother. Isn't that awesome? And then in Romans, he says this. He's doing some greetings, because these were letters, by the way. He says, greet Rufus. Man, wouldn't it be great if your name was Rufus? Hey, Rufus. He says, greet Rufus. Rufus, a choice man in the Lord, also his mother, and mine I think this is so beautiful that, that Paul is giving credit where credit is due. He's acknowledging the women in not just others' lives, but his lives as well. One other thing I want to look at because sometimes and I, I struggle with this one for a while and sometimes this portion of Scripture is used to kind of demean women or show them as secondary. How many remember when Jesus was at? Uh, some crazy wedding feast in Cana. Yeah. And so, yeah, see, you already know, you know where I'm going with this, Heidi, because you've heard this before, but he's at this wedding feast, and this people, the, uh, Jesus' mom, Mary, comes up to Jesus, and she says, hey, Jesus, uh, they ran out of wine. Okay. And, you know, Jesus did this cool thing. He turned water into wine. He says, give them more wine. They want wine. But but what what happened in this conversation is she came up to him and said, Jesus, you need to do something about this. And look what Jesus says to her in John 2, 4. He says, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Have you ever read that and thought, man, Jesus, that's kind of disrespectful. Now, let me say this. If my mom came up to me, enough said? If she came up to me and said, hey, I need you to take care of something, I said, woman, woman. I wouldn't get the rest of the phrase out. <laughs> I would wake up on the floor and wonder what happened. But see, we read this and, and we think, because I just think, okay, well, this is kind of an edge because like if I did that to my mom, wouldn't that be considered sin? And Jesus was sinless. So what? It's because we don't understand culture. He didn't say, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? What Jesus says to his mother, it, it almost, well, let's be honest, it sounds completely rude, right, to us. But in the original language, in that culture, Mary would never have interpreted Jesus' words that way. The term woman was used like we use the term ma'am. When you would say woman, you'd say ma'am. Now think about this. This takes it to a whole nother level. And this is why. Jesus didn't say, okay, mom. He said, ma'am. How much more respect did Jesus give to his mother by saying, ma'am? In fact, some of the last words of Jesus on the cross, th- th- this just boggles my mind. Jesus is on the cross experiencing the worst day, the worst hours of his life, the worst pain He's ever experienced his, I mean, you know, we know his, his flesh, his back tore open, you know, spikes through his, his wrists and his feet. He's hanging there and he finds time not only to sing a song to the people to show how good God is, he finds time. This, this blows my mind. John 19, 26, when Jesus therefore saw his mother from the cross hanging there and the disciple whom he loved, which we know was the apostle John, what happens? He said to his mother. Woman? No. He says, ma'am, behold your son. And then he said to John, behold your mother. Look at this. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. This boggles my mind. Jesus, the worst pain, excruciating. He finds time to not only, he didn't even say mom. He brings this utmost respect and says, ma'am, Behold your son. So we can even see from Jesus, we can't use the idea, well, even Jesus got a little lippy sometimes with women because you got to sometimes put them in their place. No, we can't misconstrue scripture like that. That's why the original meaning is so important. Jesus had the utmost respect for his mother and even made sure that she was taken care of after his death. So what can we gain from today's message? Can we see the truth about the importance of motherhood? About the importance of the feminine side of the kingdom? This is where I want to take us today. It's not saying that from here on out we're going to say heavenly mother. Not that I have an issue with that, but I'm just saying we're not trying to change it over. I want us to get, it, get us to a place where we we'll begin to think differently and we begin to accept that there is a feminine side of the kingdom that's needed. It's necessary. After all, God himself is described not just as a father, but also as a mother. Holy Spirit is described in the feminine. That tells me that that ladies, mothers, you are important. You are necessary. And I'll even go out on a limb here and possibly even expect a little debate on the comments in this, possibly not, maybe people are getting this, but that... Women, you are equal with men. I got a lot of amens. I, I, I felt a lot of female amens there. Guys, can I get an amen? We're equals together. That's really what I want to bring us to. And I and I knew I was going out on a limb a little bit with some of this, but don't turn off on it. Next week, we'll talk about how good Father God is and all that. You can just, you know. But hopefully, you get something out of this and go, Okay. I just need to be aware that women have gifts and callings and we need to make space for that. And I believe that as a church, as a whole, we do at Faith City Church. I, I really believe that we do. If, if you've ever, as a woman, felt put down or come to me, talk to me, I, I'd love to have a discussion with you and say that is not how it should be done. But I think universally as the church, as the kingdom of God, we gotta come to this place where we open up and leave space for everyone to operate in their gifts. Amen. So ladies, embrace your uniqueness. It's there for a reason. It's needed. Own who you are. Step up and into the gifts and the callings that God has placed on you. Because again, you are needed. I want to wrap up with this final verse. The apostle Paul here, he's writing to the church in Galatia and he says this, Nothing resembles your previous identity. Listen to this. Nothing resembles your previous identity as Jew or Gentile, bond or free. Here it is male or female. I love this translation. Billabong or Gucci. In other words, stop with all the labels, right? Now you are all defined. Say, all defined. Say it again, all defined in oneness with Christ. He is your significance and makes you beautiful. Even you guys, you are beautiful. In Christ, we're a beautiful creation whom God loves. So again, happy Mother's Day, ladies. Own who you are. Celebrate that uniqueness. Celebrate the gifts and the callings that God has put on your life. And don't let anyone hold you back from that. Follow the Spirit. Be gracious. Be loving. Because you know what? Sometimes, sometimes even if what you're doing is right, there's still a way to do it. Does that make sense? But I really want Faith City to be a place that celebrates male and female, that celebrates gifts on both sides. Because, again, I just keep coming back to this. If we are created male and female in his image, then it takes all of us to fully reflect his image. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. I pray that even this morning, for some of us, maybe this was a tough subject, maybe it was hard, and I just pray that those who were offended would forgive me if I said anything in a wrong fashion or wrong manner. That wasn't my goal. But I pray beyond all of that, that sometimes... We have a tendency if somebody says something that rubs us the wrong way, we just immediately turn off to everything else that's said. I pray that maybe those who would be willing would go back and listen to the podcast or hear this again and hear it with an open heart. We're not trying to stir things up and make things different than they should be. I believe we're trying to bring things back to the authority of scripture, the authority of kingdom and what it says about male and female. So I pray that you would move on the hearts of men who maybe have struggled with you know, understanding this idea. But at the same time, you would also work on the hearts of women who have maybe held back because they felt like they weren't worthy, they weren't good enough, they, they couldn't measure up to what God's called them to do, or at least what they thought God had called them to do. But religion, man-made religion ideas have held them back. pray that we'd shake off those shackles and say, no, no more. But we do it with love and with grace. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. You guys receive that? Yes. You love me? Yes. I tell you, God's good. I mean, the kingdom is just such a beautiful thing. It goes totally against the grain of the world. It really does. And we begin to operate in this way. Man, it just the whole world can experience his goodness. Amen. I just want to encourage you before I let you go today, because I know you got stuff to do, and moms, we need to celebrate you. I want to remind you, next week, say next week, next week. Jake Stringer will be with us. It's going to be awesome. He just brings this great, just, uh, just this heart of, of love and showing the love of the Father to you. And uh, so I really encourage you to... Get back on the Facebook and YouTube or come here and be with us. Bring a friend, bring some family, invite them to the podcast or or to the uh, YouTube or whatever it is, but you're going to love it. It's going to be great. So next week, Jake Stringer, 10 a.m. But until then, we're praying for you. We love you, moms. We love you so very much. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Have a great week.
0: For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always.